This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, And it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Aaron, this is Florida. Nothing strange here. When did you first meet Shanti and David? Dave just called me on the phone and asked if I'd come by and take a look at the project. He said that they had done some work. I wasn't at all prepared for what I saw when I got there. They had fully disassembled this house to a degree that I'd never seen before. It was rather astonishing. It was largely wide open, like you're inside of a giant shoebox. Keith Ory met Shanti Cooper and her husband, David Tronez, because of their house, a massive structure in Orlando, Florida, that they were trying to turn into their dream home. They had made a lot of mistakes and asked for help from Keith Ory, a home contractor featured on TV. Neighborhoods are under attack from zombie houses. What is zombie house flipping? Zombie House Flipping is a house flipping TV show where we take houses that are the worst of the worst. The house sure seemed to fit that description. It was a mess. So Keith agreed to help them. Not in his wildest dreams did he guess that before it was all over, one of the owners would be dead. (laughs) Hello? I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. Buying a home and renovating it can be stressful, but can it lead to murder? David Tronis has now been charged with the death of his wife, Shanti, on April 24, 2018, and will go on trial for killing her. He denies it and has insisted from the beginning that Shanti just collapsed in a bathtub and hit her head. But police say that finances and the couple's out-of-control home renovation caused David to snap. Or maybe it was because Shanti discovered a secret he was trying to keep from her. A jury will eventually decide, but in the meantime, you're about to hear one of the oddest stories I've encountered in a long time. And it began with a home located on 218 East Copeland Drive in an Orlando neighborhood known as Delaney Park. This house became more than just a project. 
to David Tronis. It was his life. He obsessed on it. This house is the center point to the story and ultimately led to Shanti's demise. That's Ryan Vessio. Is it possible that without this house, Shanti might still be alive? I think that's completely true. Vessio is now an attorney in private practice, but when Shanti Cooper died, he was an assistant state attorney leading the investigation into her death. This case all started with a call to 911, placed at approximately 3.51 p.m. on April 24th, 2018 by Dave Tronis. And David says that he came home and found Shanti floating in the bathtub. Did that story make sense? Absolutely not. Shanti was extensively beaten. Clearly, Dave Tronis, from the very beginning, is a suspect. Absolutely. Dave was asked to go to the station and voluntarily remain there for hours. Just have a seat there. It'll be a little bit. David Tronis certainly didn't act like a guy with anything to hide. Just hours after calling 911, he went voluntarily to the police station, didn't even ask for a lawyer, and sat there for hours answering their questions. Detectives Teresa Sprague and Barb Sharp tried their hardest to unnerve him. I told you she was murdered. Murdered. Someone took her life from her. And there's nothing. You can't even fake it. That's how much you could give it. I don't have any explanation for her, the severity of her injuries. It's time for a little background. Shanti Cooper was a successful businesswoman who seemed to have everything a lucrative software business, a child from her first marriage, and lots of friends. Everything but love. When she met David Tronez online, she thought she had found it. I didn't get a good feeling from him. Cindy Dow, Shanti's aunt, says she didn't trust David at first. I love her, so I grew to love him. We absolutely adored him. The first time we had lunch, he walked in and he said, how lucky am I? I get to have lunch with two of the most beautiful women that I know. I mean, that's charming. David, who was also divorced, moved to Orlando just months after meeting Shanti. He seemed flush with money, paying $607,500 in cash to buy that home in Delaney Park, putting the house in trust for himself and his mother, After the couple moved into their new home with Shanti's son, they began to renovate. What did Dave do all day? It's a great question. If you ask Dave, he says that he worked on the house and worked on the renovations and took care of the property and cleaned the pool. Shanti worked from home and paid most of the bills. She put a quarter of a million dollars into home renovations. And yet the demolitions and the costs kept rising. By early 2018, the house had literally become unlivable, forcing Shanti to move her son and her office into a small apartment over the garage. Where did Dave sleep? I think he slept downstairs with the dogs. Maybe not all the time, but I'm pretty sure he was down there. That's when Keith Ory, the local home contractor, got involved. He couldn't believe what he saw. 
It was rather astonishing. They took away all the interior dividing walls and basically what was left was a two-story shell. Weren't you tempted to just run for the hills? Yeah, but at the same time, you rarely come across a challenge that's that, uh, that bold. Keith couldn't resist the challenge and agreed to feature the house on his television show. The filming was scheduled to begin in early May 2018, but he ran into a slight hitch. Getting Dave and Shanti together to talk in, in person was proving to be really difficult. Keith needed to have both on board before he would begin work and the filming. Late April, he went over to the home. And they both said, yes, we understand. And then she took off immediately just and left. I th got a sense that she was pissed off at him. A major home renovation will stress any marriage, and Shanti apparently was at the end of her rope. Former assistant state attorney Ryan Vessio says that she had been pushing David to put her name on the trust, and David was dragging his feet. And it seemed like things just sort of culminated to a boiling point. Shanti was the bankroll, the sole bankroll to almost a quarter million dollar renovation. What did she get for her $250,000? Well, a lot of headaches and heartaches. Just days after the couple agreed to go on zombie house flipping, Shanti is found dead in her home, and David Tranas was at the police station explaining to detectives why his 39-year-old wife collapsed and died in the bathroom. He didn't attempt to conceal anything. That's Richard Zaleski, an attorney that David Tranas hired after he had been charged with his wife's murder. Why did he agree to sit down and talk to these detectives without an attorney? because he had nothing to hide, and he didn't think that it would hurt him. <laughs> Take a minute, okay? I know this is super tough. Pranas himself has never spoken publicly about his wife's death, but here's what he told detectives when they brought him in for questioning. So, I could hear the water is running. I see her laying. One of her legs is kind of sticking up and out a little bit. And it's just extremely... He said that his wife had recently undergone an appendectomy and had not been feeling well. When he returned from walking the dogs, he says he found his Shanti, still in pajamas, floating in the tub. I think something went wrong. Either she slept or she fell or she blacked out. But a fall in the tub doesn't seem to explain Shanti's injuries, including a bloody cheek and a bruised eye. Ryan Vessio explains. Somebody who slips and falls doesn't receive the amount of blunt force trauma to focused areas in the head. Investigators also suspected, and Shanti's autopsy later confirmed, that she had been strangled. Did you two argue? No, absolutely not. Did you fight? Absolutely not. Did you harm Shanti in any way? Absolutely not. There are serious problems with David's story. If she fell in the tub of water, as he claimed, why wasn't Shanti in her clothing soaked? There's no splashing of water anywhere in the bathroom. The inside of the tub is dry completely dry. 
and she's damp. She's not even wet. So you've got to help us. Can you do that? I told you everything. Did she catch you with another woman? Did she have a boyfriend? Did the questioning went on for hours. Was she about the house? No. I can't imagine how stressful it must have been. You know, not living in the home you want to live in, and it's taken two plus years, three years. Um, I'm, I'm sick to death about what happened, but nothing happened today because of uh, there was no animosity between us whatsoever. And even when detectives belittled David, he stood his ground. She treats you like a landscaper, like the pool boy. Probably because she's bringing in the money. What do you want your mom to think about you? And it became a war of wills in that room. And didn't David win that war of wills? He was not broken. Well, Dave didn't confess. David even agreed to take a polygraph, but by then it was the middle of the night and investigators couldn't find anyone to administer it. They had to let him go at the end of the interview. How did they feel they about did. that? You always want to make the arrest right up front. You do. The detectives at that point didn't think they had enough to charge David Tronis with murder, but they were convinced that there was more to the story and it didn't take them long to find it. Is it fair to say that Dave Tronis was living a double life? At least two lives. In April 2018, there wasn't enough evidence to arrest David Tronis, and he was soon seen back at the house he loved in Delaney Park, where Shanti's aunt, Cindy Dow, found him. I stood him up and turned him around and looked at his arms and there was not a scratch on him. There was nothing. Cindy, did you ever ask him point blank, did you have something to do with the death of Shanti? I did. What did he say? No. I would not kill the love of my life. And Cindy says she believed him. Are you kidding? I bet my last dollar that it wasn't him. I thought he was innocent. You honestly did, Cindy. Why? I think it was just the growth of our relationship and how she adored him. Absolutely adored him. And it looked very mutual to everyone. Cindy's husband, Dan. Did she ever express any concern or fear of Dave? Never. Never. Dave told Cindy and others that he thought Shanti might have been murdered by an intruder. He said $5,000 in cash was missing from the house. And so was Shanti's diamond engagement ring. It was valued at approximately $15,000. Attorney Ryan Vessio again. That was highly, highly suspicious. The detectives wanted to get to the bottom of it. Why couldn't it have been exactly as Dave said, that he leaves and someone breaks into the house, beats her, leaves her there, and Dave comes home? Why doesn't that fit? Well, the lack of forced entry, this scene did not have any sort of evidence of a struggle. There's thousands of dollars of valuables that are left in plain sight. Vessio says that detectives chased other leads and checked out Shanti's ex-husband. Shanti had had a bad divorce. 
This was not an easy end of the marriage. Did you look at Jim Cooper? Yes. Mr. Cooper was interviewed, and Jim Cooper was eliminated as a suspect very early on. He had an alibi. In an upscale neighborhood like Delaney Park, a mysterious death gets a lot of attention and a lot of tips coming in. A worker from Club Orlando called and shared that they knew of Dave Tronis because he was a patron at the club. What is Club Orlando? Club Orlando is a same-sex bathhouse. Did Dave have a membership at Club Orlando? Several memberships. Every six months, Dave renewed his membership. Ryan Vesio says the caller said he had seen David Tronas at the club. This is from his recorded police interview. I was just walking through, and I saw David. Uh, he was giving oral sex to the sky. That got the attention of investigators. Did Shanti discover David's secret life and confront him? Did she threaten to leave him and his treasured house? But she would be killed because of a house? Well, what would somebody do when they were about to lose the most important thing in their life? Because in April of 2018, the most important thing in Dave's life was that house. But that's just speculation, according to David's attorney, Richard Zaleski. He believes that Shanti knew David was seeing other men. And why do you believe that? Because none of her family members seem to know anything about it. And and her family members seem to indicate that if Shanti did know, she'd be upset. And, and I appreciate that. But uh, what you tell your mom and dad about your sex life and what you do uh, behind closed doors, you know, people are people, adults are adults, and life is messy. But medical and crime scene evidence still contradicted David's account of what happened the night Shanti died. So, four months after her death on August 29, 2018, David was charged with murder. And when detectives arrested David at his mother's house, guess what they found? Shanti's missing engagement ring, Ryan Vesio again. We searched the room at his mother's house where he was living, and lo and behold, we found the rings in his suitcase in his bedroom. That discovery seriously undermines David's theory that a thief killed Shanti and stole her ring. The ring is probably one of the most powerful and damning pieces of evidence in this case. David is then sent to jail, but investigators still didn't have a solid motive for murder. He had no criminal history, and while he may have been leading a double life at the Club Orlando, he did seem to love his wife. But the case is about to get even stranger. This was a case that had so many twists and turns, I would no longer make assumptions of anything. You don't learn this stuff in law school. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. 
Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A new tip led investigators to Minnesota, where David had been living with his previous wife, Carol. Carol's friends suspected that David had been poisoning her during their marriage. As soon as Carol got married to Dave, she started suffering a bunch of unknown health issues. And that made Ryan Vessia wonder about Shanti's health issues before she died. In Shanti's case, she had appendicitis and had to have an appendectomy. Shanti had had that operation eight weeks before her death. And here's why it caught investigators' attention. Appendicitis and poisoning can have similar symptoms. If you remember, David had mentioned to investigators in his interrogation that Shanti was ill at the time of her death. She hasn't found since the appendectomy a diet that she can eat regularly and feel good. I have issues with chronic pain and immune system issues that are not necessarily definitive. That's Carol, David's first wife. She was still living in Minnesota where Detective Sprague recorded this interview with her. Has it ever come into your frame of thought that your marriage to David Tronis or him cooking or making you drinks was making you sick? No. Have you ever thought that any of your issues related to your health problems was him poisoning you? No. Carol said her split with David was amicable. And in fact, she may not have completely cut ties with him. We saw thousand pages of bank records belonging to Dave Tronis. One thing that we noticed was that Dave and Carol still had a joint bank account together. That bank account at times contained hundreds of thousands of dollars. Carol said she simply had forgotten to take her name off the account. People who are divorcing each other don't leave assets on the table, and they sure as heck don't leave them together. While investigators don't know where the money came from, there's no evidence of criminality here. It's just strange. An ex-wife helping David manage his money while he's in jail. I think that Carol is involved in David's finances and has some level of control. The more they look, the more potential evidence they find. And what was that evidence? They were a set of purported bloody sheets. And it literally literally took my breath away. Months after the house was searched, bloody sheets from that apartment above the garage were recovered, and later, a green cord. Investigators wondered if it could be the murder weapon. Is there any evidence to indicate that, in fact, that cord was used to kill Shanti? No, that cord did not have any DNA on it. A lot of smoke but no smoking gun. Nothing that directly connects David Tronis to his wife's death, 
unless you believe this man, Edward Gismondi. He slept next to me and I slept next to him. Edward Gismondi was a cellmate of David Tronez, and he claims that the man who never gave an inch to detectives spilled it all to him. He says the two men bonded over shared interest in obscure hallucinogenics, including sapo, a poison derived from a South American frog. He said that you could use sapo to put in people's salsa and kill them quietly. Why would David need a killer salsa? Gizmondi, who is no longer in jail, claimed that Shanti had uncovered David's extramarital activities and wasn't happy. He just said there, there was an app on his phone that there was messages on that she had found, apparently, that suggested he was having sex with men. And she was going to show everybody. And what did Dave say he did? He snapped. He said he freaked out. And did what? He didn't specifically say that what he did, but that he had killed his wife. The problem is, there's no proof of any such app on David's phone. I've read your statement, and at no point do I see anywhere where you had told them that David actually said, I killed my wife. But sitting here now, you said, Dave told you, I killed my wife. Yes, ma'am. In jail, he said, I killed my wife. Word for word is what he told me. But why wouldn't you tell the state's attorney's office that? I did. I told him that he had snapped. That's the word that I used. I don't remember if she had asked me, did he admit to murdering her? Like, word for word like that? Is Gizmondi telling the truth? After years of covering cases like this, I have my doubts about jailhouse informants. Gizmondi is now a registered sex offender. David's attorney, Richard Zaleski, says you shouldn't believe his story. This individual certainly has credibility issues. It's now been more than four years since Shanti's death, and David Tronis has yet to go on trial. Ryan Vessio left the state attorney's office in 2019 and now represents Shanti Cooper's estate. He says he thinks he knows how Shanti died, but not why. We found one single earring was placed on the nightstand. The other earring was in Shanti's ear. And what does that, that say to you? That tells me that Shanti was most likely sitting on the side of her bed, preparing for bed, taking those earrings out, and that's when the attack happened. Vestio says there was some kind of argument. Was it over the house and the never-ending bills? Was it over David's alleged affairs with men? Vestio doesn't know, but he says that Shanti never used her phone again after 11.30 p.m. on April 23, 2018, and that her sheets and the bed frame were sprinkled with her blood. The scene was consistent with this attack happening somewhere in the midnight to 2, 3 a.m. time period. But it's just a theory, not proof. David's attorney, Richard Zaleski, says there just isn't enough evidence to convict his client of murder. Raising doubt isn't going to be difficult here. Is he scared? Oh, terrified. Yeah, terrified. He's locked up in isolation and his life is on the line. But David Tronos may have already lost in the court of public opinion. Most of Shanti's family and friends have turned against him. 
like Cindy Dow, Shanti's aunt, who once found David so charming. She feels very differently now. He has to be found guilty. He is guilty. He should be sentenced to death. I want him to remember when he looks at me. I want him to remember every lie, every lie. But as for me, I'm keeping an open mind. I've been covering murder mysteries too long to jump to easy conclusions. And you can be sure when David Tronis goes on trial in early June, I'll be here to tell you the end of this story. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. The podcast series is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigard is 48 Hours executive producer. Steve Dorsey is CBS News Radio executive producer. Production and editing for this season of My Life of Crime is by Alan Pang. Daniel Levy is our coordinating producer. This episode was also produced by Paula Rosa and Charlotte Fuller of 48 Hours. Craig Swagler is vice president and general manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a thanks to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we're at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.